Solomon in his search back. We're going we're to jump around the wisdom literature quite a bit in this series. Tell us what life looks like when we don't fear the Lord. And when we try to find, is going to take us through his house. Has anyone, how many of you guys here have been to the Biltmore before? Has anyone been to the Biltmore estate? Uh, if you've been there, you, you know it's a massive mansion. It's in Asheville, North Carolina. It's the, it's the largest privately owned house in the United States. It's 180,000 square foot. If you walk through it, it's just ridiculous. I mean, there's so many rooms. They're, they're, it's so beautiful. There's all these uh, 16th century tapestries. Uh, there's this massive library with 10,000 volumes straight from Beauty and the Beast. There's the banquet, an indoor pool, a bowling alley, uh, m- just so far ahead of its time back then. Hidden passages, balconies, room by room, and they take you on a tour of the house. And you examine, you, you kind of think about the whole time. This is how the richest, and I always have this question when I go to the Biltmore. I've been up several times. I always have this question, was he happy? I just, it's just like a, it's a field trip and coveting is what it is. I mean, you're just going there and you go home and you're just discontent. You know, it's just, it's just, use all this. Did it really satisfy him? Well, tonight Solomon takes us room by room through his hollow house. He walks us through. He shows us wealth unimaginable. He shows us pleasure you could only dream. Really satisfy. Is that, is that what life is about? Is that where joy is found in this life? And he's going to answer that question for us tonight in Ecclesiastes 2, beginning in verse 1. Look down at your Bible. Solomon says, I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. I said of laughter, it is mad and of pleasure. What use is it? I searched with my heart how to cheer or lay hold on folly, till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days. What is, what's worth spending our life on is what he's trying to figure out. Verse 4, I made great works. I gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forests of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves of herds and flocks more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So I in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me and whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep pleasure. For my heart, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil and this was my reward for all my toil. And then toil I had expended in doing it, and behold, all was vanity and a striving after wind. And remember, Solomon is trying to figure out what's the point? Where can joy be found? So this is what I said in my heart. Come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. He's like this mad scientist. See what works. And he begins this massive experiment to see where joy can be found. And he says, I'm just telling and I'm going to see if it satisfies my soul. And now in Ecclesiastes, he's an older man and he's reporting. And you have to remember about Solomon. He had endless resources at his disposal. I was reading 
David Powelson recently has a little have as Americans is love of pleasure. We love pleasure. I thought that was a really good observation. I'd be in any pain or any discomfort. We love pleasure. The problem is we don't have the resources. We have dreams and we have desires and we have goals, but we really can't obtain the things that we desire. But remember Solomon was worth an estimated $222 trillion in today's money. Okay, the richest man in the world. So Solomon was a thousand times richer than the richest man in the world today. He could do whatever in like you cannot even imagine. In in verse 10, he says in chapter 2, verse 10, whatever my eye to be able to do whatever you want. So this is what Solomon does, okay? He begins by thrones and music and dancers, you name it, tons of the finest foods you could ever imagine. First Kings, one day was 30 cores of fine flour. It's about 220 liters of flour, 60 cores of meal, 10 every day, 20 pasture-fed cattle. He's, he's way organic before we even thought of it, you know. A hundred sheep besides birds got together and they figured out like how much food is this per day? And they estimate that Solomon was entertained single day. And Solomon is the host. He's paying for it. He, he's, he's the king of the party. I mean, continuously. You know, unlimited funnel cakes and snow cones and live entertainment and this great band playing for you. And then multiply that by 10 times and partying. He's living it up. He's doing whatever he wants. He's entertaining. He's, he's blessing everybody that comes. He's feeding them food. And, it, you know, everybody, everybody goes home and he's left alone. And he wonders, what did I gain from that? What, what He takes us into the party room and he finds it doesn't bring lasting joy. It leaves Solomon feeling empty. Solomon kind of switches tracks and he gets ambitious. And instead of partying away life, he decides ambitious and, and do these amazing things. In verses 4 through 6, he said, I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made, I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. Solomon built a temple that took seven the ancient world. Uh, for us, I was thinking about this, like what Solomon is doing, building the, these garden each year. So it's like really like a four by four foot garden. And we'd like to do some tomato plants and ourselves when we like get a tomato off the plant. Like it's, it gets weeds. We, we can't keep up with it. It's, it's, it's literally like four feet by four feet. We just can't keep track of it all. But we come in like some salsa with this tomato and we chop it up and add some cilantro and we have like one little scoop each and we're so happy. We're so pleased with something. There's something good that I, you, you probably don't feel that from that little tomato. But I had that feeling like that's a lot for me. One tomato. Solomon, I mean, he is building pools of water that are watering down. This is innovative technology park. And he's bringing in fruit trees from all over the world, these exotic trees that shouldn't survive in this climate. And he's developing tech gardens, Solomon's temple. And, 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 and he did all this. I mean, it took him years and years and years. He spent his life de- and he stood back. I just imagine Solomon stands back and he's standing at the temple it's a, it's a wonder of the art he worked. And guess what he said about it? It was meaningless. He, he, remember, he's on, he's, on a, he's on a search for rent. satisfy him. 
It didn't bring the lasting joy. He realized, you know, this is all going to be gone. It's temporary. And so Solomon keeps going. Verse 7 and 8. He has all these great possessions of herds and flocks, more silver and gold, the treasure of kings and provinces. I mean, whole nations, what they have in wealth and gold. He built great things and then he got for himself anything he wanted. And he just kept amassing more and more. Uncle Scrooge McDuck, you remember him? He would swim in like piles of gold. He would take his robe off and just swim in gold. That, that Solomon temple was gold wallpaper made from pure gold. He'd cover his furniture in gold. Anything he wanted, he got. Just think, I don't know if you started getting the Christmas catalogs yet. But did you ever do that as a little kid where you get the Christmas catalogs and you start circling every stuff? But I remember just like looking at whole pages and just like, yeah, I'll take that page right there. Like everything on that page, presents. I was like, I just want to give you a lot of options. If you decide to get them all, so be it. You know, like whatever you desire to do. You know, a couple weeks later or, or after you beat the game or after your bike breaks or it doesn't last long. I remember when I was a little kid about it. It was this used bike. It was a red bike with red tires. I don't know who would do that nowadays. It was like a clown bike. But I was so happy about this bike. I mean, it was like, I'm going to be able to ride anywhere I want. Stolen the next day. I left it out, and the bike got stolen. And it was my Solomon moment. I just went, nothing in this world lasts. He gets everything he wants. Anything you could imagine. I mean, he could just buy. He can get whatever. I mean, he wants the Tesla. He could buy 100 Teslas. Island in the Bahamas, all to himself. He could buy a cruise ship and sail around the world. Whatever he wanted, he could buy. And this is what he will not be satisfied with money. Nor he who loves wealth with his income. This also, sometimes it's helpful to hear from people who've gone before you to see if you want to go down that path. That's why Solomon's writing this. He's writing this to make what you get in life, no matter how many possessions, how many cars, houses, anything you want, whatever you get, he's telling you it's meaningless. It's not worth spending your life to acquire a wealth that you leave. Did Solomon amass these treasures, but he amassed people as well. Solomon had seven, calls it here, the delights of the sons of man. Really, they were trophy wives. I mean, they, they were just kind of possessions to him. Just showing his status of all these, these. Solomon wanted to know. He got whatever he wanted. And yet it didn't satisfy. He tried everything. He tried it bigger and better. That's his goal. He's testing the world to see if there is real joy. Is there real lasting joy in possession? And this is what he says in verse 11. Then... I considered all that my hands had done, and that all was vanity and a striving after wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. I mean, it just didn't deliver all the different avenues. He tried to find purpose in life, and he's discovering none of them truly set in the same place he started. And Solomon has done us a great service because he chased after all got them. And he's telling us it's not worth it. Didn't satisfy. And I don't Christianity is all about not doing those things. That's not really the point of Ecclesiastes at all. And as we read through the Bible, we discover there is a real, lasting, permanent joy that we can discover. In truth, Ecclesiastes teaches us that we all want to be happy. We all want happiness. We want purpose in life. 
We want to feel like our life is worth and seek happiness. This is without exception. He was seeking happiness. You're seeking after happiness. Not it. That's not the end. That's not where happiness is found. And then he ends in Ecclesiastes 12, 13 by telling us the end of the and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. See, Solomon had been doing all these things without any thinking about God. He wasn't doing these things for God. He wasn't finding his joy in God. Can fill it except for God. You, you can... You can search your whole life. You can try all these different avenues. You can go down every pursuit and chase them. Satisfy and fill that void in your soul if you don't know God. But Jesus Christ, what you discover is once that God-shaped void is filled in our soul, once we know God, all of a sudden there's joy where he says, you know, I found the best thing for us to do is work hard. Enjoy your work. Enjoy each day. It's a gift from God. But to do that, Jesus said this, speaking of himself. Jesus said, one greater than through the Bible, Jesus was the true king of Israel. Yet Jesus didn't have the, the walls lined with gold. He didn't live in a mansion. He didn't entertain 15,000 with parties had all these things because he prayed and God multiplied the loaves and the fish. Jesus didn't have great wealth. He didn't build great temples. He, he never even had to find. He was the true king of Israel. He fed the hungry. He healed the sick and the blind and the lame. He taught forgive sins and he made a way for them to be forgiven of their sins by dying on the cross for us. We find wisdom from God comes from knowing Jesus Christ. It's only one way through the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's what your soul is looking for. That's what you crave. You want to be happy. We, we talked about this um, at right, the last Brenner. We talked about just how everybody is seeking for joy. You know, we, we want that and we're looking for where do I fit? And where's the right place for me? And sometimes you feel like, uh, you know, you're kind of a square peg in a round hole. And I'm not sure if I'm going to go to college or what I want to do. I'm not sure what my future holds. And, 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 and we're searching for this for joy in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It means whatever comes your way the rest of life, you will be happy because you are through Jesus Christ. The gospel says that you can be forgiven all your sins, all your failures, because Christ died for them. God, you can know him and worship him and know why he created you for his glory. Jesus made a way because of the time for people to like you or to make something great of yourself because God accepts you in Jesus Christ because of the based on how much you have or what you accomplish or the things you do, but based on what Christ has done. Matthew 13, 44. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up as, and he buys that field. It's about real joy. Once you see, this is it. Jesus Christ is, Solomon was wise. He would have gotten rid of everything just to know Jesus Christ. And in the freedom and forgiveness that are found in the gospel of Jesus Christ, you don't have to earn it. 
You don't have to qualify. You don't have to perform. You, you turn from your sins and you put your faith in Jesus Christ. That joy that you've been longing for, it, it comes by the whole. Do that right now. You can put your faith in Jesus Christ. If you've been pursuing other avenues of joy, you can turn from those and you can say, I want to know the, that you would do that. And then we're going to have a time of discussion talking about some of these things from Ecclesiastes, some of these other for you, and then we'll dive into our time of discussion. So, Father, I do pray for all these students here tonight and from your word. They would see all these different avenues do not bring the lasting joy, Father, that you would satisfy them tonight in your love, in your goodness, in your grace that you've given us in Jesus Christ. I pray.